that we want our church to be. Okay? And we will need to continually remind ourselves these visions over the course of the year uh, that we are constantly heading in those uh, it is one and the same direction. Lah, okay? But I was praying and asking the Lord for a theme for Penang Trinity this year, something that would tie together our preaching and our ministries and uh, what, what uh, a common thread uh, for this year. And after praying and also discussing with uh, Chong Jin, our lay leader, we settled on, on this uh, as our theme for 2024, which is a sermon title for today, Building Upon Faithfulness. Okay, say it with me. Building Upon Faithfulness. Okay. And the, the scripture that was read to us just now was what uh, was impressed on my heart almost immediately after this theme of Building Upon Faithfulness surfaced. So this year, our pulpit series will follow this theme of building upon faithfulness. Uh, it will be divided into two segments once again so that we have a, a, a broad uh, view of the word. Uh, the Old Testament in the earlier part of the year, New Testament in the later part of the year. Okay, and both are uh, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, right? So, uh, for the Old Testament part, we've covered quite a bit of Israel's early history in earlier years. So, I understand before I came back in 2020, Pastor Ronald brought you all through Exodus. You remember? You went through a series of Exodus. In 2021, we went through Genesis. 2022, we looked at 1 Samuel. Last year, 2 Samuel. So this year, we are, we are sort of continuing along the, the Samuel, uh, first, second Samuel plot of Israel's history. And we'll be looking at a combination of select passages from first and second Kings. Okay? And how God remains faithful to his people in the midst of their unfaithfulness to him. So you'll find that Kings has a lot of, uh, it talks about the kings lah, of Israel, right? Uh, and there's a lot of unfaithfulness to God, and yet God remains faithful to them. So that's the, the first part of the year. We'll go through First and Second Kings. In the later part of the year, we'll be looking at the book of Hebrews, where the focus is on responding to God's faithfulness by persevering in our faithfulness to Him, building upon God's faithfulness. Okay, so that's what we will be doing this year, building upon faithfulness. Turn to your neighbour and tell them, let's build upon God's faithfulness this year. Musty, huh? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we pray that even as we look to you with hope for this year, that we would build upon your faithfulness that you've already given so much. We pray that as we look at your word now, Lord, would you convict our hearts Will you share with us, open up your word of truth for us? Will your Holy Spirit help us to not just know, but also understand and apply? Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how many of you actually tried to build muscle before? Actually try lah. Uh, so few uh, I thought I thought there were more bodybuilding enthusiasts in, in Penang, Penang, Penang people, okay lah, no lah, they are more cyclists, right? 
or hikers. Okay, so if you've tried to build muscle before, I don't mean just trying to keep your weight down, you know, being healthy, uh, but actually trying to lift weights to build muscle. Huh? Uh, if you've tried to, to build muscle before, there was a time uh, when I tried to build muscle. Clearly now it's not that time. Lah. But anyone who has tried uh, and, and has read up on it and knows about you know, the, the process of hypertrophy, which is basically making the muscle grow bigger, lah, uh, knows that building muscle is not easy. Right? How many of you think building muscle is easy? I think my mom thinks that she builds muscle very easily. Lah. But the fact is, building muscle is not easy. It takes a lot, a lot of hard work. You need to put stress on the muscle using resistance training, like lifting weights, and that actually creates micro tears in the muscle fibers, and then the body repairs it. That's why it grows bigger and stronger. Uh, so it's a lot of hard work. It also takes a lot of planning. You need to plan on which muscle you want to work on and how regularly or else you end up like lopsided, right? Uh, it takes a lot of dietary planning, not just the, the muscle building, uh, not just the lifting weights, but also uh, what you eat, right? What goes into your body? Yeah, are you consuming enough protein? Are you consuming enough calories in order to build muscle? It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of perseverance. You'll come to a point where 90% of the time you don't want to go and do anything that will help you build muscle. Uh, don't want to go lift weights. Uh, don't want to eat properly. You know, it takes a lot, a lot of patience and perseverance. And you can even do everything perfectly. You can work out four days a week. You can eat optimally. And you'll see maybe a little bit of growth in a couple of months' time. Right? So it takes a lot of patience and perseverance. You also don't have a lot of control, even if you do everything right. There are major factors involved, like genetics, that's a huge one. Cannot control who or your mother and father were, right? Uh, there are other things like setbacks, injuries, illnesses, all kinds of things that we don't have control over. So not easy, right, to build muscle. But the thing that lets you go from skinny, skinny to, wow, got muscle, huh? is this continued upward progression that you don't stop this journey of building muscle, no matter how long it takes. I know this guy uh, back in Ampang. I used to go and visit uh, homebound elderly. Uh, this guy was in his 80s and he was uh, a, a bodybuilder into his 80s, he continued lifting weights. Of course, our physical bodies, at a point, it starts to plateau and then, you know, it's just maintaining. But he flexed and showed me, you know, wow, pop! <laughs> huge, huge muscle in his 80s. Huh? So there is that continued upward progression. That, that is the thing that helps us to, to really go from one body shape to another. In the same way, our faith is like a muscle. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of perseverance. And often, it takes a lot of surrendering our control in order to build our faith. But the thing that allows us to go from spiritual babies to becoming like Jesus Christ is this continued upward progression. Where we continue building upon our faith, 
no matter how long it takes. And so that is the big idea of our theme this year and also our message for today, which is that we keep building upon God's faithfulness by responding, to, uh, by responding with our own faithfulness to Him. Okay, so this is the takeaway. We keep building upon God's faithfulness by responding with our own faithfulness to Him. The theme verse uh, is taken, theme verses are taken from the letter of Jude. Jude is not one of the more popular uh, New Testament letters. So short, you know. Uh, no chapters. So it's not Jude chapter 1, Jude chapter 2. Huh? It's just Jude yeah, and 25 verses. Now, this letter was written by Jude, who is a brother of Jesus and James, uh, Jesus' half-brother, okay? And Jude's purpose of writing was to equip the believers uh, for Christian living in the midst of false teaching. So, that's the main occasion. It's a lot like uh, Peter's second letter, okay? Uh, he's writing in a, an environment where they're facing false teaching, and so he's trying to equip them. And so in the midst of these threats, Jude writes to believers to persevere in their faith, which then brings us to verses 20 and 21, which was our text for today, okay, that we continue building up uh, on our most holy faith. I'd like us to focus on three areas today. Firstly, that our faithfulness begins with God's faithfulness. Secondly, that we keep building upon our faith. And thirdly, that it is a temporary, lifelong process. What does that mean? I'll explain later. Let's look at the first one. Our faithfulness begins with God's faithfulness. Jude tells his readers to build up their most holy faith. Now, the, the Greek word behind this word, build up, it carries the idea of building upon something with an existing foundation. Okay, so it's not building something out of nothing, not building from scratch. It is building on top of something else. And so it is out of an, a, a knowledge of God and an experience of God's love, salvation and presence in the Holy Spirit that Jude challenges his readers to build upon their most holy faith in the face of false teaching. You see, our faithfulness to God is a response to His faithfulness to us. I preach this again and again and again. We don't live under the old covenant uh, with you know, a, a transactional mindset. Right? We don't worship God and read His Word and pray because we are afraid of punishment uh, or because we want some sort of reward for good behaviour. That is not why we do those things. We live under the new covenant which is a covenant of grace, okay? Where God loves us first, Jesus died for us first, even before we could do anything, and He gave us back spiritual life and relationship with God first. And so, all our worship, all our devotion, all our acts of love, all our service, all our work for the kingdom the offerings, the sacrifices that we make, our faithfulness to God, those are all in response to God's faithfulness to us. All our acts of faithfulness are a response to God's faithfulness 
to us, not because we try to get something or avoid something. So we're not doing God a favour by being faithful to Him. Okay? He is not indebted to us. He doesn't owe us anything. He gave us even before uh, we, we could earn anything. Right? So his, his grace and His love came first even while we were still faithless, before we were faithful. And so those are the foundations of our faith, that He was faithful to us first, and then we respond with faithfulness. So this is a, a, a crucial area of our spiritual lives that we need to be very clear about. That we have a strong and certain conviction of God's faithfulness to us. Because if we miss that, if we miss God's faithfulness to us, either because we don't know about what God has done, or we don't know why it's important, or we take it for granted. If we miss knowing God's faithfulness to us, it's going to be, we'll find it's going to be very, very, very hard to remain faithful to Him. Let me say that again. Huh? If we miss God's faithfulness to us, we, we miss knowing about it, it's going to be very hard for us to remain faithful to Him because our faithfulness will be based on the wrong foundations. It will be based on uh, being faithful because we want to earn something, being faithful because we, are, we feel guilty, uh, being faithful because we want to please somebody else. And you'll find that those reasons are not going to keep you faithful to God. It's going to be very hard. So how do we gain that strong and certain conviction of God's faithfulness to us? One way is to immerse ourselves in things that help us to pay attention to Him. Uh, how many of you here are musicians? You play some sort of instrument. Bass guitar, uh, drums, horn instrument. So few, ah. I Don't lie, I, I know your parents sent you for piano class. How many of you can play an instrument? <laughs> ah, okay, more. Alright, so for those of you who have learned an instrument before, can you remember a time when you were listening to music before you started learning an instrument? Got it? Yeah, right? And... Was there any difference in how you listen to music after you started learning an instrument? God, God, right? Uh, I've been going through a bit of a nostalgia trip recently, uh, listening to songs from the 90s on Spotify. <laughs> and uh, back in the 90s, I was a kid, right? And so listening to music is like, ah, okay, listen because shock. Lah. Everyone listen to music or oh, I also listen to music. Uh, some songs sound nice to my ear. Okay, good. But now, when I listen to the same songs, different. When I listen to Cranberries, I listen to Sheryl Crow, when I listen to No Doubt, Alanis Morissette songs, uh, those 90s people know. Uh, it's, it's like a whole new world for me now. Uh, even when I listen to the song, A Whole New World, <laughs> it's like a whole new world for me now because the last time I heard those songs, I, I hadn't started learning the bass guitar or drums or how to harmonize with vocals. And now I can really appreciate. Now I can really pick out what the instruments are doing, what they're playing, the harmonies I, I'm hearing. 
And I suddenly realised, wow, these fellas are very talented. Even the cheesy, cheesy songs, uh, Backstreet Boys, uh, Spice Girls, uh, oh, good music, you know. <laughs> That's the reason why they were so popular. And so, those songs didn't change. Those instrumental parts were always there. They were always present. But what changed was I started paying attention to what they were playing. And so in the same way, God is always present and working around us. He has always been faithful to us. And it's just a matter of us recognizing that. It's just a matter of us paying attention to the times when He's been faithful to us. And so my challenge to all of us is this. Regularly take time, pay attention to God's presence and activity in your life. Take that time, intentionally pay attention to God's faithfulness in your life. Of course, we thank God for those special times when He grabs our attention and He reminds us of His faithfulness. When something amazing happens and we cannot help but recognize God has been faithful, we thank God for those times. But we can intentionally take time and pay attention to His faithfulness in our lives. Here are some practical ways that we can do this. First, communion. Right? This is one time when we regularly remember and are thankful for what Jesus has done on the cross. Based on our church attendance, I think it's quite clear many of you make this a special priority. Okay, good. But if you only wait for communion to pay attention to what God is doing and how He's been faithful to you, you're only doing this once a month. Okay? So, Another practical way, daily devotions. Now, whatever form this takes, so a devotion can be, uh, it's just a, a time that you spend with God regularly. Uh, it can contain personal worship by singing along to worship songs, uh, reading His Word, uh, a time of prayer. The main thing, the main point, set aside regular time to spend with God daily. And once you are regularly spending time with God, your spiritual eyes are more used to seeing God in the day. Uh, once you, you set aside that regular time to turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, suddenly your spiritual sensitivity is increased as you see the things that happen throughout the day. Okay, so I, I want to challenge us, those of us who don't already have a personal uh, daily devotion time. Or if you've lapsed, uh, you haven't done it in a long time, whatever. Uh, this is one intentional way to pay attention to God's faithfulness to us. Uh, another way, examine. Okay, I'm not asking you to take exam, huh? don't worry. Uh, an examine is a daily practice, usually at the end of the day, where you set aside time to reflect on your day, uh, on your own thoughts and behaviour, reflecting on how God was present, how He might have been inviting you to respond to Him through the day. So it is looking back, reflecting, taking the time to reflect, not just letting the day happen to you, but you see, oh, this is what happened. Uh, this is how I responded. I could have done this better. Uh, God was working here. God was faithful. I never choy Him. Now I see. <laughs> okay. So it is a very intentional time of reflecting on the day. It's an examine. Uh, the, uh, and of course, reading and studying God's 
were taking courses that help us become more familiar with God so that we can recognize His activity more. You see, uh, once we get to know a person more, we recognize the things around them more. Uh, I have four cats, okay? But I have observed them and I know them well enough that I know only one of them likes to burrow underneath a blanket. Okay, so if any time I see on my bed or on the couch or whatever and there's this lump underneath a blanket, uh, instantly I know which cat, right? Because I already know my cats very well. Okay, I have studied them in that sense. Okay, so once, once you, you know a person very well, you can recognize the things that happen around them and see what they have been doing. Studies and courses help us to know God well enough to recognize His presence and faithfulness around us. Now, this year, we'll be developing a church-wide discipleship class, uh, working on it, preparing for it, uh, to help us in the process of knowing God more in a structured and systematic way. Uh, so this year is a year of preparation. We aim to launch it next year. Pray for us that it will be a smooth process. But in the meantime, we also plan to have other courses. Uh, we plan to launch the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course later this year. Uh, some of you are going through BSF already, Bible Study Fellowship. Many of you are going through one study or another in our small groups. All these are opportunities to become more familiar with God, to know God better, so that we can recognize and pay attention to His faithfulness. It doesn't mean that just because you go for this course, you're guaranteed, or oh, you see God everywhere. But the more you come to know God, the more you come to know uh, uh, about God and the Christian faith, the more you're able to recognize, the more you pay attention. And this brings me to my next point. Keep building upon your faith. Jude says, keep yourselves in God's love. Now, we've already established that Jude's readers had faith. They had experienced God's love. They were building upon something that was already there. But here, Jude tells them to keep themselves in his love. The Greek word for keep literally means to watch over to guard something. So literally, watch over yourselves or guard yourselves to be in God's love and remain there. Okay, so this is a warning against spiritual complacency, which can ultimately lead to the thing that Jude was uh, warning against, the ultimate thing, which is leaving the faith. That's what Jude was warning against. So once we are spiritually complacent and we stop, uh, we, we don't uh, keep watch of ourselves to remain in God's love and we no longer pay attention to our spiritual lives, that can lead to eventually leaving the faith, often without us knowing it. Jude's readers were facing the temptations of false teachings that would tempt them to leave the faith. And a lot of times, they didn't even know that they were leaving the faith because these false teachings came within the church, you know, under the, uh, it was like branded as, this, this is 
from God, this is Christian, right? So we need to be careful. We need to be careful that we don't fall into spiritual complacency uh, and end up leaving the faith without even knowing it. One of the big dangers for Christians is to think of having faith in Jesus as an event rather than an ongoing relationship. Let me say that again. One of the great dangers for Christians is to think about having faith in Jesus as an event rather than an ongoing relationship. Last week, I shared about making disciples. There's an ongoing process that goes beyond praying the sinner's prayer. And so the same is true for ourselves. Our faith isn't just something that we have or don't have. It is something that God wants us to keep building on. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. There is a clear expectation. We are expected to progress in spiritual maturity. We are expected to grow in our faith and not remain spiritual babies. There is that expectation and call for all Christians. And so spiritual stagnation is dangerous because it usually means we're not just hitting a pause button on our relationship with God. When we stagnate in our relationship with God, we're not just saying, okay, job, come back to you, God. We are usually drifting away from Him. When it comes to our Christian faith, a lack of progression usually means regression. We are always moving in a direction either towards God or away from God. A uh, word of caution, I'm not talking about struggling with God here, okay? So according to the pattern of the Bible, struggling with God tends to bring us towards spiritual growth, you know, when we can finally surrender to Him. I'm talking about spiritual apathy, spiritual don't care, spiritual tidapa, right? When we are not seeking God, when we ignore Him, when we say, ayah, this... God part of my life, I'll deal with it later. My spiritual growth, my spiritual life, I'll deal with it later. So many things out of order, I, uh, I think about it later. Those are the times when we start drifting away from God. Until God, by His grace, catches our attention and hopefully we wake up and we see how far we have strayed from Him. And then He welcomes us back again. And so if that's something you have experienced or it's something you are experiencing, I've got good news for you. Many times, that is what the story of God's people looks like in the Bible. They forget God. He reminds them of His faithfulness by getting their attention, usually not in a very pleasant way. Uh, they repent and they turn back to Him. But then they start forgetting again. So my point isn't to feel horrible about drifting away from God. My point is to wake up. To wake up and realize when you are drifting away from Him because you're not moving towards Him. And then repent. Turn, uh, repent means change direction, right? Turn back towards Him. Continue building up your faith. So how do you how do you keep building up on your faith? Okay. Well, the Holy Spirit 
works in us to make us more like Jesus, yes. But there are some things that we can pursue uh, in order to be open to His work in us. John Wesley had three general rules for Methodists. Okay? First, do no, uh, say with me, lah, okay? Wesley's general rules. Number one, do no harm. Number two, do good. Number three, attend upon all the ordinances of God. Hamisu. <laughs> what does this mean, right? Apani ordinances of God, attend apa? Wesley actually elaborates in his original writings. He says, uh, in, in brackets, in italics, is my, my modern way to help us understand. Uh, the ordinances of God are, such are, the public worship of God, which is our corporate worship, uh, the ministry of the word, either read or expounded, which is reading the Bible, uh, listening to sermons, uh, the, or, or Bible studies, huh? the supper of the Lord, which is Holy Communion, family and private prayer, which is corporate prayer within our families, within the church, uh, and personal devotion. Searching the scriptures, this is meditating on the word, and fasting or abstinence. Uh, not not uh, denying ourselves of something for the sake of uh, God. Okay, so these are these are the ordinances of God that Wesley lists out. Now I don't want us to fall in the trap of legalism. Huh? Wesley is not saying die die you do these things or else you die. Okay, he's not saying. Do all these things and then your spiritual life is whole out. Okay? He is talking about spiritual disciplines. Okay? Say it with me, spiritual disciplines. The things that we set in place in our lives and discipline ourselves to doing even when we don't feel like it. Not because they are meaningless and we don't understand why we do them and we just go through the motions. Those are not disciplines. Okay? but because we know that they are for our own good. I don't have time to elaborate through all of them and why they are important to do. Lah, okay? Those will be uh, <laughs> entirely different sermons. But uh, worshipping God together, reading, hearing the word, holy communion, corporate prayer, daily devotion, meditating on the word, fasting, these are all disciplines that have great value for us because each of these are opportunities to encounter God, to encounter His grace. So, spiritual disciplines are only a means to an end, okay? We don't pursue them as an end in itself. Okay, so the goal is not one of these things. The goal is not coming to church. The goal is not joining a prayer meeting. The goal is God. The goal is encountering God. These things that we discipline ourselves to do help us to the goal, okay? which is encountering God. And it's those encounters with God that will build up our faith. So my challenge, friends, is to consider putting in place spiritual disciplines in your life. Look at this list that, in Methodist, right? Uh, so Wesley says, attend upon all these spiritual disciplines, is ordinances of God. Which of these spiritual disciplines are lacking in your life? I won't ask you to raise hand. Uh, one, two, three, no, okay? But 
which of these disciplines are lacking in your life? Discipline yourself. Do something about it so that you can encounter God built upon your faith. Now, I'm, I'm guessing that many of you, many of us would say uh, some of the disciplines that's lacking, one of them, meditating on the Word. Yeah? Maybe we think meditation is uh, some Zen Buddhism practice, uh, meditate how. Uh, well, our track Institute for Christian Ministry, ICM, uh, organizes retreats that give you the opportunity, opportunity to learn and practice meditating on the Word. So, I already advertised for LPL, now I advertise for ICM. Huh? Uh, you can find the calendar of events of the year. I think it's at the back. Angeline, got uh, somewhere at the back, at the reception area. Or if you can't find there, you go to church office, you look for it. Uh, we have these ICM brochures, the schedule for the year. Okay, or you can also find out more at track.org.my. Uh, you click on the ICM link and then you, you can see their schedule. Okay. I'm also guessing, not just meditation, I'm guessing many of us might also say that the discipline of fasting is absent. Well, Lent is coming up and it's a common time of the year to fast from something. Uh, it doesn't just have to be food that we fast from, it can be from social media, it can be from K-drama. Oh, some of us, it's easier to fast from air. <laughs> Well, but fasting helps us to realize who we are truly dependent on, what we are really dependent on. Fasting is not just don't do something. Uh. Fasting is replacing something with God. Okay? Replacing something with reading God's word, prayer, spending time with God. Okay? So if you want to learn more, there are some good articles on why and how to fast. You can go to godquestions.org, search fasting. They have a few good articles there. Okay? Now, let's look at our last point. That this is a temporary lifelong process. Uh, the title of this point might sound like a paradox. Huh? How can something be temporary and lifelong? But I guarantee you it's not a paradox. Uh, and it makes sense. It's not just sleep deprivation. Uh, as Jude tells his readers, Build, upon their, uh, build up their faith, keep themselves in God's love. He tells them to do that as they wait for the mercy of Jesus to bring them to eternal life. And so what that tells us, what that reminds us, is that this world is temporary. Uh, you know when you want to travel somewhere far, uh, sometimes you need to transit somewhere for a few hours, Right? Just uh, last year, we flew to Kapit, not that far also, but still have to go in transit in KL. I cannot straight from Penang to, to Kapit, right? So, what do you do during a transit? You can do all sorts of things. You can read a book, you can scroll on your phone, you can walk around the airport, you can go in Kepo, what is this fellow doing, right? Uh, but above all, amidst all the things that you are doing during this transit, you make sure, you, you make absolutely sure that you never miss the connecting flight, right? Because where you transit is not your destination. That is not the important thing. Getting onto the flight to your destination, that is the important thing, right? 
And so the greatest tragedy is for, for a, a traveller, the greatest tra tragedy for a traveller is if we become so preoccupied with what we're doing during the transit that we miss the connecting flight to our destination. Has that happened to any of you? No, huh? because the destination is more important, right? So for Christians, eternal life, heaven, eternity with God in, in, in heaven is the destination. This world is our transit. This world that we live in with all its sinfulness and all its brokenness, all the difficulties and sorrows, it is temporary. We are just passing through. What we actually live for is not this world, but God's eternal kingdom. But so often we mix up the temporary with the eternal. And we invest so much on whatever is temporary here without investing in what is eternal. When we are in transit, we don't unpack our suitcase, find a place to hang our clothes, try to start a courtship with somebody there, right? Unless you're Tom Hanks uh, in the terminal. Uh, we, we are not so committed to putting down roots in a temporary place because we know it is only temporary. So knowing that our time on this world is temporary should affect how much we live for the things that stay in this temporary world, the things that we cannot bring with us into God's eternal kingdom. How many of you think we can bring money with us into heaven? How many of you think we can bring studies with us into heaven? But even though this world is temporary, building up our faith is also a lifelong process because we are stewards of this life. We are stewards of the time that God has given us on this temporary world. When we first come to faith in Jesus and we are saved from our sins, our new life in Christ begins then and there. Not just when we die and go to heaven. Our new life begins the moment we give our lives to Jesus. And so what that means is that from the moment we are saved, whatever else we do matters. Whatever else we do from the moment we are saved matters, even while we are still in this temporary world. Our reconciled relationship with God will last for eternity, but it begins here in this world, and He calls us to follow Him even while we are still in this world. He calls us to be holy even while we are still in this temporary world. He calls us to make disciples even while we are in this temporary world. So we can't just forget about how we live here on this earth because it doesn't affect our spirits in eternity. Cannot. That is actually one of the, the false teachings that Jude was specifically addressing in his letter, that there were Christians who were doing these false teachings that whatever you do with your body in this temporary life doesn't matter. What happens to your spirits, what matters. So the nature of a transit is that it's temporary. And there is a limited amount of time to transit before we are called to leave for eternal destination. 
So knowing that, how do we make the most of the limited time that we have in this temporary world? How many of you feel that time just slips away? Just poof, gone. Before you know it, an hour has passed. Before you know it, a day has gone. Before you know it, a year, three years during pandemic, poof, gone, right? It can just seem to vanish. And I'm sure, I, I speak for myself also, I also feel this. Uh, this is true for many, if not most of us. And some t uh, oftentimes, this time just doesn't just disappear. It disappears with us just constantly feeling continually frazzled, exhausted, busy, 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 busy. I definitely have felt that, right? And so how do we stay on track doing what you sense God has called you to do? How do you stay on track doing what God says is important in this temporary world uh, and, and answering His mission, His call, whatever that He's called you to do in this temporary world? How do you stay on track given the limited time that you have? Now, there's a tool known as a rule of life. Any of you heard of this? Okay. Uh, it's basically a tool that helps us to be intentional in making space and planning our life around God and other things that really matter to you first. So things like family, things like health, things like outreach to others and so on. Uh, and keeping them in the priority areas of your life. And then letting all the other things that might be urgent, might be time-consuming, but not as critical as the things that matter, letting those things fall around the things that matter more. One author uh, calls this process beginning with the end in mind, right? That you plan with the end in mind. So my challenge to those of you, my challenge to myself also, uh, who, who struggle with keeping things in perspective in this temporary world, is try crafting a rule of life. If you've never tried, or if you tried before and failed, try again. Try crafting a rule of life. Uh, I'll see if we can put together a workshop on this uh, sometime soon. But in the meantime, you can read up on it first, uh, ruleoflife.com. Uh, and if you're interested in uh, doing it, you, you go and read up about it first, lah, okay? What it's about, uh, how you do it, that sort of thing. And so as you are... Uh, reading and thinking about it, think through what are the things that really matter to you. What are the things that are really important to you? Because even if, uh, when, when, we when we offer a workshop for this, uh, you are going to spend the majority of time doing this, <laughs> thinking through what is important to you, thinking through what matters. Because most of us, for, for, for people who do this the first time, They've never really thought about what is important to them. Okay, so go through that process first. Think through what is really important to you. So in conclusion, the challenge of nurturing disciples, the challenge of personal growth, challenge of building community, building a voice to a nation, having a vision for the world, this will be a continuous, present, ongoing challenge. And the vision of being a spirit-filled, impactful church, the vision of becoming more like Jesus, so long as we are not yet a spirit-filled, impactful church, 
so long as we have not yet become like Jesus, we cannot be satisfied. We cannot become spiritually complacent. We must keep building upon faithfulness as a church and also as individual members in this body of Christ. And so I'd like you to know that we keep building upon God's faithfulness by responding with our own faithfulness to Him. Pay attention to God's faithfulness in your life. I'd like you to be a citizen of God's kingdom in this temporary world. Don't let the limited time that you have slip by being overly occupied by the things that don't really matter to God or to you. And do keep building up your faith. Guard against spiritual complacency. Make space for spiritual disciplines in your life. Let's pray. I'd like to give us an opportunity to respond now to the Lord. For those of us who have not experienced God's faithfulness, those of us who struggle with being faithful to God because we are trying to be faithful for all sorts of reasons without knowing His faithfulness to us. Would you bring that before the Lord? Would you ask Him, ask Him to reveal His faithfulness to you? Ask Him to help you to pay attention. Ask Him to give you the strength, the will to order your life in such a way that you will be paying attention to His faithfulness in your life. For those of us who have allowed ourselves to drift into spiritual stagnation, would you also respond to the Lord? Would you ask Him for forgiveness? Would you tell Him, Lord, I'm sorry that I have put you second, third, fourth, last in the many things that my life is occupied with. Would you ask Him to help you? To help you to continue growing in faith. Ask Him for the inspiration. Ask Him for the motivation. Ask Him for the people who can encourage and support this journey. And for those of us who have mixed up the temporary with the eternal, would you also bring that before God? Tell Him to correct your perspective, to help you to value what he values. To have the strength and wisdom to invest in the things that last and not in the things that are temporary. Lord, you hear your people. You hear their hearts. 
you hear them turning to you. You hear them desiring you. Lord, I want to pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ, myself as well. Lord, I pray that you would be our help when we are weak, that your Holy Spirit will continue to work in our lives to transform us to be more like Jesus, hungering after you for the right reasons. Lord, we pray for a very clear sense clear and certain knowledge of your faithfulness in our lives, individually and as a church. We pray, Lord, that you give us a tenacity to persevere, to continue building upon our faith. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to keep things in perspective. To be very clear on what you value and not miss that because of the things that this world values takes our attention i submit to you the posture of our hearts bring all this in jesus name amen let me just give you some reflection and discussion questions for your families and small groups first one what is one thing you currently do or will start doing to help you pay attention to God's faithfulness? Secondly, what is one spiritual discipline you would like to work on? And thirdly, what are you already doing or will start doing to make space for God and the things that matter to you? Okay, I leave those questions for you to reflect on and discuss. Let's now come to the Lord's table.